Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening and welcome to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al Lundy. I am a permanent deacon of the Peoria Diocese and it's a privilege to be speaking with you here on Catholic Spirit Radio every Saturday and Sunday evenings. We hope you'll join us. And if you can't join us, go to our website at www.catholicspiritradio.org. And if you go to the podcast section and look at our local programming, you can find pretty much all of our last, I don't know, two or three years now, right? It's been almost three years of, of, of programs of good news, and you can listen to them there. Or uh, stop by uh, uh, the churches that I serve here in Bloomington and be happy to say hello to you. And maybe if you're here on the fourth Sunday of the month, uh, you'll you'll catch me at the AMBO uh, offering a homily. Those two you can listen to on, oh boy, the internet's just rife with stuff now, isn't it? You can get all kinds of things from the, the past, the present, and the future on the internet. Um a lot to go to talk about today on Good News. We're going to talk about the readings from Epiphany Sunday. It is Epiphany. How, how wonderful. I hope everyone had a, a wonderful Christmas. I hope your New Year's is is off to a great start. And, and a good way to start is by discovering Christ. And that's what uh, we find in, in the Epiphany. And so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But we have uh, a couple other things going on. First, in my personal life, uh, our own little... Um, Visitation by the by the three important people. It's not the Magi, but uh, I've I've been entertaining my youngest brother. I have four brothers. My youngest brother, his wife, and his son have been visiting us for the last few days. And uh, my my youngest brother was born on Epiphany, and so we're going to celebrate Epiphany and his birthday. And then his wife's birthday is just four days later, so we're going to celebrate that as well. And uh, it's been great to have them here. My my nephew. His, 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 my brother has two sons. Um, one's in the Navy, just uh, received his commission a few months ago in, in the Navy. And he's, he's out in Pensacola, Florida, awaiting uh, assignment. And the other son, uh, who is uh, Josh, uh, Joshu, uh, Yashu, I'm going to say it wrong, Yashu. I always picture it in my head as Joshu. It's Yashu, which is uh, Polish for John. His name is Ian, which is Greek for John. So, uh, Yashu is currently over at a local rock climbing um, location. We have a couple in town, and it turns out at his university, he's been rock climbing. So, you know, he, I figured he's getting a little bored hanging around uh, the, the oldsters and uh, give him something to do. And when I found out he liked rock climbing, I said, well, you know, we've got a couple gyms, rock climbing gyms in town. One is spectacular because you climb a silo. So he did that yesterday, last night, in fact. And so today I've dropped him off. While we're here talking, he's at another gym, uh, enjoying their bouldering uh, gym. So, uh, shouts out to Yashu. But Yashu's in, in first year of college, and he goes to a Jesuit university out in Connecticut, Fairfield. And the Fairfield team is uh, the Stags, are the Stags. Now, if you're a Cubs fan, you probably, you might have a sign in your man cave that says Cubs country or Cardinals, or Cardinals country. Well, he's a stag, so he's part of the stagnation. Which I, <laughs> how would you like to be on that on on that uh, side of the team, huh? Part of the stagnation. So uh, 
Well, congratulations to all of you out at Fairfield. I hope you have uh, a, a great semester and, uh, and, and a great season or had a great season. So Yashu's over rock climbing, and after we get done recording today, we'll go pick him up and then uh, go party with the family. But the other, the other exciting thing going on is right here in our own Catholic faith, uh, boy, doesn't the Pope give us every now and then, the Pope throws us something to really chew on and uh, have a lot of controversy over, it seems. And the latest is uh, the Fiducia Supplicans, uh, a, dec- a decree from the, uh, a document, a de- declaration from the dicastery of, of the doctrine of faith. And uh, yeah, this one's a doozy. He's, he's really opened up quite the can of worms with this one. And the media has not helped as usual. And, and I want to start with that aspect. If you've read the headline that so many of the media out, uh, so many of the media have carried that says Pope approves same-sex unions, that's wrong. That is not what happened. What it ha- what in fact happened is the Pope approved blessings, a blessing for a same-sex couple, not the union, but the people. And that sadly is a very fine line a very fine line. And I'll, I'll explain in a minute what, what the real issue is with that. Because for the most part, the Pope has changed nothing. What you have to understand is that in, in Germany, we're, we're getting very close, sad, so sad to say, um, my opinion, we're very, getting very close to a, to a new schism. The, the Catholic Church in Germany has some very radical bishops who have already started to do some very radical things and are really pushing it with the Catholic, with the Catholic church and with the Pope. And they've been warned and they've had their hands slapped. And in an effort to mend fences and, and in an, in an effort to be open-minded, we have things like uh, the synod on synodality, a meeting about meetings and this was largely to placate uh, the German bishops. So now we're getting to an, another step of that where they want to, they don't want to just bless same-sex marriages, same-sex unions. They want to perform them, which is just not going to happen. Uh, not going to happen. Not because it's against any Catholic rule. It's against the teachings of Christ. And the church does not have the authority to change what Jesus said. And Jesus very clearly said that marriage was between one man and one woman. We can't change that. We do not have the authority to do that. The Pope doesn't have authority to do that. And no, certainly no local bishop does. And we have a few bishops in a, in a region of Germany who are just chomping at the bit to do this. And they think this is the way the, the whole church needs to go. And out of the five, a little over 5,000 bishops in, in the world, most of them are saying, whoa, that's just not, that's just not uh, valid, that's not licit, uh, that's not allowable, and you don't have the authority to do that, and they're really pushing it. And I think the Pope, I think where this, where this document came from is in an effort to placate the German bishops to say, we're not going to perform same-sex marriages. And we're not going to bless same-sex unions because you can't bless something that's illicit and invalid and, and quite honestly, gravely sinful. Gravely sinful. 
But we bless people all the time. We even bless sinful people. Because if we didn't bless sinful people, we'd have no one to bless, right? So blessing people is very different. And, and what this paper was supposed to do was explain the pastoral meaning of blessings, because there are different types of blessings. I mean, if somebody sneezes and you say, God bless you, that's technically a blessing. But it's not the same blessing as an ordained priest or deacon gives. They're very, very different. Um, we give, in prayers, we give blessings to God, ascending blessings, blessings that go up from us to God, us wanting to give our strength, offer our good wishes, our good will as worship to God. So that's an ascending blessing. We have descending blessings. Those are blessings from God down to us. But there are also blessings I guess the best way to describe them is a blessing of approval. Uh, a, a young man goes to the, the father of, of his uh, engaged spouse, uh, soon-to-be spouse, and asks for the father's blessing. Approve me as, as, as being the husband to your daughter. You know? So that, that would be a blessing of approval. We do not give to a same-sex union a blessing of approval. And it's not an ascending blessing either because we're not giving it to God. So this, is, this falls into the category of a descending blessing. So we're asking God to provide whoever we're offering this blessing to, to, to offer them a special spiritual strength for a specific purpose, not just in general. Someone comes to me as a deacon and, and asks for my blessing. My, my first question is, for what? You know, what do you need this for? What are we applying? Am I blessing a rosary? Am I blessing a Bible, right? Am I blessing uh, an icon? Or am I giving you a blessing to give you strength for some upcoming event? You know, I mean, even if a student came and said, I have a big test tomorrow, could I have your blessing? I can, I can pray over that student asking for the Holy Spirit to provide him with the, the wisdom he needs, with the perseverance to continue to study well, because that takes strength. That takes sometimes supernatural strength. So through my ordination, I can offer these, these types of descending blessings. I can even offer a blessing of approval. But what I can't do is approve something that is contrary to the doctrines of the church or the teachings of Christ. So to say we're going to bless the union of this same-sex couple, we cannot do that. And if you read through the actual document, don't read the news reports. Let the news reports tell you what the name of the document is. Now go online and, and you can actually read the document. It's, it's not that terribly hard to read. And what it, is, it explains quite clearly is that this blessing, which would be performed by a priest, a deacon, a bishop, which is technically a priest, can in no way, can in no way look like we are bless, blessing the union. We cannot bless the union. We can't make it even appear like we're blessing the union. We can't wear the vestments that we would wear for a wedding. We cannot use the, um, the gestures or the um, postures that we would use for a blessing at, for, for, a, for a sacrament of matrimony. We can't use the words that we would use. We can in no way make this look like we're blessing the union. What we can bless is the individual. 
And how that would happen would depend on what the individuals, individual or individuals are looking to achieve through that blessing. So that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the fine line. Because what happens is someone sees this blessing taking place and they have no idea what we are actually asking for. All they see is a priest or a deacon making the sign of the cross in front of two men or two women, and they're automatically going to assume that we are blessing their union, that we are blessing their relationship. They don't hear the words. They don't know our intent. Um, I mean, personally, but, but personally, my intent would be that they come in closer relationship with the teachings of Christ and the gospel. I mean, my hope is that they would leave a chaste life. Live, live as brother, brothers, live as sisters, but live a chaste life, not a life of habitual grave sin. But the people observing this don't know that. And what this does, and here's where the big problem is, it's not a problem of we're blessing people because we've always been able to bless people. The problem comes in it can look like we are blessing something, we're asking for approval or giving approval to something that Christ tells us is gravely sinful. And so what that does is it opens the church up to scandal. And haven't we had enough scandal? I mean, really. Do we really need to look for another opportunity to open ourselves up to scandal? Even when nothing's taking place, as as a member of clergy— I have a responsibility in, in, in my daily life, in my own actions, in, in the things I say, the things I do, the places I go, the, you know, to, to not do anything in my personal life that would bring scandal upon the church. And I'm being placed in a position where what I do, although it would be completely valid and, and licit, as, as a member of clergy, can appear to look illicit and invalid. And that's a problem. And we should not being, be being led into that opportunity. So I, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is, as, as lay people, do not jump to conclusions. Do not enter yourself into gossip, where you assume what's going on without knowing the details of what's going on. Okay? Because that for you is gravely sinful. And you should not be put into a position where the church makes you desirous of gossip. Because now we're leading you into sin, and we don't want to do that. On the other hand, I'm going to hope and pray that neither I, nor my brother deacons, nor my uh, my uh, community of priests do anything in violation of this document. And that includes the bishops and the priests in, in Germany. We already know that Vatican II was misused when it first came out. That what it said and what it, what it was trying to change was misunderstood by a number of people, even in clergy, and was misinterpreted and misapplied. I would hate to see this document misapplied in, in real life. And I think it treads such a fine line between 
what is a blessing for a union and what is a blessing for a couple? And this document was supposed to explain it, and it didn't. I'm sorry. It came close. It gave warnings about what goes too far. But it doesn't, it, it does not specify what goes far enough. It doesn't say you can say this, but only this. And, and I understand that's hard to do because not every, every person or every couple is going to come with the same need and the same request for what needs strengthening, what needs this blessing, uh, what needs this infusion of, of a spiritual strength. So it's hard to say, use these words. But we have those words for other rites. We know exactly what to say to bless food. We're given an example. Here's how, here's, if you have nothing else to say, say this. You know, bless us, O Lord, in these I gifts, which we are about to receive. We have, we have an outline for that. We have an outline for a, a, a nuptial blessing at the end of a, of a matrimony uh, rite, matrimonial rite. We have, uh, we have blessings that we give to the, to the mother and the father at a baptism. And that's written out for us. We have that ready to go. Here's what's approved to say, right? And, and, and this is efficacious. Say this and it will do what it's supposed to do. But fiducius Sephacons didn't give us that. It kind of talked around it and it said, don't go this far. But it really didn't say, this is what you can do. And I, I'm fearful that that will be misused, whether purposely or accidentally. And, and what, it only has to happen once. And as we talked earlier today, oh, isn't the internet wonderful? Think, look at all the things you can find on it. Well, it has its drawbacks. All we need is one bishop, one priest anywhere in the world to misuse this and have it end up on YouTube or on X, and it will be all over the world within moments, a blink of an eye. Millions of people will see this happening, and they'll say, ah, look what the church is doing. And it's not the church. It's, it's a person who has unfortunately, purposely or accidentally, misapplied the rule of the church. So pray for us that, that we, we accept this declaration in the spirit that it's meant that God's blessings are for all of God's children, sinners, non-sinners alike, but that is not, it is not a blessing for a same-sex union. We do not do that. We do not believe that same-sex unions are valid or licit. We believe they are gravely sinful. And no priest, no deacon is, should be purposely blessing a same-sex union. But the people involved in that union are God's people. And they deserve to be put in, in, in right relationship with Christ. We all deserve that. Be placed in a right relationship. But we don't determine what that relationship is. Christ determines that relationship. And so we have to be very careful that we're not misrepresenting what Christ says is the proper relationship. Holy is not whatever you think it is. Holy is whatever God made holy. And I think that's, that's a really, really important thing that we have to keep in mind as, as we enter into this. So 
If you have further questions, I'm sure this is not the only time we're going to talk about this. This is going to be um, a fountain of issues coming out of this. This is just the start. This is just the, the initial faucet being opened. This is going to be a gush of issues over the next year. So this is not the last time we're going to talk about it. We're going to be uh, exposed to times when this is used correctly. We're going to be exposed to times where it is used incorrectly. And, and I really, I really fear this is going to be uh, part of what's going to lead to a schism in the church between uh, the, the Catholic church in Germany and the Catholic. And, you know, that's where the last reformation came from. It came, came out of Germany. Um, so that's always been, it's always been a very delicate um, point of, uh, of, of ministry in the church. And uh, I, I hope it doesn't go that far. I, I hope that the, the church in Germany comes back into the fold. But right now, uh, they're, they're like a bunch of sheep who um, aren't listening to the shepherd. And they're, well, you know, they always say that at the, at the bottom of everything, there's, there's a, a checking account, right? I hope it's not about that. Uh, I hope that their intentions are what they say they are, which is simply to open the church up to more people. But I'll tell you what. Scripture says that the, you, we enter heaven through a narrow gate. Uh, it's, it's great to be inclusive, but we have to protect the Word of God. And so it's not up to us to open up the gates to heaven to everyone. That's been done. Christ, through his, his sacrifice, opened the gates of heaven to everyone. Not everyone wants to enter that gate. And Jesus said, if you don't come through this gate, you are you are a thief and a criminal. So there's there's no second way into heaven except through the gate that Jesus opens. And if we open false gates here, uh, with the promise that this too will get you into heaven, uh, that's a lie. And I would hope the German bishops will not lie to people about this, and and explain that uh, God's God's love is available to all people. But we have to we have to approach it on his terms and and not on our terms. So that's that's how I see this issue. Um, I'm I'm hoping uh, others in in uh, in the clergy see it see it similarly. I know that this is a big bone of contention with a lot of the bishops. I know it's a big topic of discussion with with the priests in our area, um, and I'm happy to say most of them uh, that I've the ones that I have talked to, the few that I have talked to. Uh, agree that this is a confusing document that is only going to create more confusion rather than clarity, and that the the church has a responsibility to be clear and to not lead us into scandal uh, by by uh, unclear inf- unclear communications. So we'll see where this goes. Like I say, I'm sure we'll talk about it some more in the future. We spent like the first seven eighths of our program talking about the decree from the Pope. So let's talk about this weekend. This is Epiphany Sunday. As you know, this is the, the arrival of the Magi uh, at, at Joseph's house, not at the manger. Scripture tells us he comes to Joseph's house, and uh, they bring the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You've probably all heard the stories about what those three gifts represent, so we're not going to go into that again. But what I would like to do is, is talk about the fact that these Magi's, and I read this line from Scripture, this is from the, the Gospel according to Matthew. 
they they came and, and asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Now, why would these three, and Magi, by the way, are like astrologers, they're advisors, they're high court officers from the East. The church believes, and, and most Christian churches believe uh, through other papers of, of the church, that they're, they're from Babylon. So you have these three high-ranking officials from Babylon where the Jews had spent time in, in exile. Uh, and, and so now, why are they coming to give homage to a Jewish king? Well, it's quite likely they too are Jewish. They, they, Daniel could have converted them uh, during his time in, in Babylon. Uh, it's not that uh, big of a stretch. But who else would come to give homage to a Jewish king but a Jewish subject. And so that's that's really interesting because it doesn't spell that out in, in Scripture, but you have to ask yourself, why would someone come and do homage to a foreign king? Why did they go to the palace to look for them? Well, it's a king. Where else would you expect to find royalty but in a royal house? And so I think not only was Herod surprised that a new king was born, I think the Magi were just as surprised that this king wasn't at the palace. And so they go in search of him again. And this is what made them so hesitant to go back to the king, because why didn't he know about this? And it's funny because when the king calls in his advisors, they all knew about it. Because he says to them, where's this king supposed to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. Here's what, here's what the scriptures say. So even, even the, the palace advisors knew about this birth, and they knew where it was supposed to happen. Everybody seems to be in the, in the dark ex, uh, except for the Magi. And so now they go in, in search of him and they find him in, in Joseph's house. Can you imagine if you came to find a, a member of royalty and instead of finding him in, pa- in a palace, find them in this lowly house of an itinerant carpenter. And it's just, there, there's no hoopla. Uh, there's, no, there's no court gathered. There's no big uh, festivals going on. It's just a small child in a small house in a nothing little town. But yet these, these magi, these wise people, were called by the signs to come and seek the Christ, seek this king. We're called to seek Christ too now in our lives. There are signs for us that Christ is calling to us to come, come find him. So how do we do that? Well, that's your journey. You know, just as the Magi had their journey to do, you have your journey to do. You're called to, to go out and discover Christ. And I'll tell you, a good way to start is at Mass. That's, that's the place where you'll find him first. But then there's an inner journey we all have to go on to find the Christ child in, in each of us as well. And I wish you this Pentecost Sunday that you have a good journey. But make the time to, to go on it just as the Magi did. Make the time, take the time to make that long journey internally to find Christ in your life. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Good night. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. 
Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.